have your Bibles this morning, turn to Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12. This is the final, well, I shouldn't say that. This is most probably the final, uh, the final part of our Running with the Giants series. It's been a good series. Uh, I do reserve the, the, the opportunity maybe to, to visit it every so now and again. But, but Hebrews chapter number 12, for those that are with us for the first time, the Bible tells us in verses 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, the sin that does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know what, guys? The idea here, of course, is that we've got a great big old uh, crowd, if you will. I know the word, the Bible says cloud of witnesses, but the picture here, or the idea here, is you've got a lot of people that are watching you. There's a lot of men and women of faith who've gone on before you who are watching us, who's, in, who's pulling for us, okay? I, uh, I love sporting events. You know that. I have season tickets to LSU. I'm so excited to, to, to see what Bebe can do with that LSU football team. I'm excited about, about all the opportunities. I love being a part of that 102,000 people that go to Tiger Stadium for big games. Well, guys, if you think that's a big crowd... The cloud of witnesses is so much more than that, okay? It is so many men and women of faith that have gone on before us. And, and this series has been kind of given the idea of what if some of those people could come down out of the stands and encourage us. Casey, run a lap with us and just say, hey, here's, how, here's what you're doing well. Here's what you can improve. Well, today we, we kind of wrap that series up. And, and as, we, as, we look to the cloud, or we, as we look to the crowd, we see a little girl heading our way, okay? We, we, look out, uh, we look out from the crowd, and here comes not a giant, but a small girl who looks no more than 12 years old. So who in the world would this child be? We wonder as the girl skips up to us and energetically takes her place running right beside us. We've spent time with some of the greats of faith, men and women who've changed the world. We've run with Nehemiah, maybe the finest leader in the Bible, with Abraham, the father of faith. And now we're paced by a little girl dressed in the humblest of clothing. Finally, we just got to ask, who in the world are you? Her answer is simple. I am the servant of my mistress in the house of Naaman. You need to know one small act can make a big difference. One small act can make a huge difference. You know what, guys? That's a reminder that is still true today. One small act of faith, one small act of obedience, one thing that maybe the Lord speaks to your heart to do, if you're obedient and you do it, blessings begin to flow. One small act of faith. Think about it. It was one small prayer that got you saved. It was one small step of faith maybe that got you started coming to church. One small act of faith. Maybe one decision in your workplace changed everything. One decision, Casey, to do this instead of this, and it changes everything. One small act can make a great difference. Guys, this young lady is going to tell us a story of how one small act changed everything. And it's a reminder to all of us today that nobody's insignificant. That nobody is too small to be used by God if you'll just have a little faith. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity today to learn from this giant. 
Maybe not a giant in stature, maybe not a giant in age, but a giant of faith nonetheless. And I pray today, Lord God, that you would touch us and you would strengthen us and you would help us to learn from this young lady, this young servant girl who allowed her faith to be bigger than anything else. Help us to be like that today in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible records one statement about this little girl and her part in the Bible is so small that the scripture writer doesn't even mention her name. The passage is found in 2 Kings chapter number 5. 2 Kings chapter number 5 verses 1 through 3 say, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and an honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She, wa- she waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were the prophet, were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. You see, this little girl was just a slave owned by Naaman, a powerful and respected man. Not only was he an outstanding general, the commander of the Syrian army, and a trusted companion of the king, but he was also a great warrior. If there had been a who's who in Syria, his name would have been at the top of the list. There was only one stain on his resume. He was a leper. For him to have achieved and maintained his position as military commander, despite that affliction, he must have possessed unmatched skill. You know, guys, in those days, leprosy was was really a death sentence. Leprosy uh, changed everything. It was incurable. It was something that that was going to deteriorate your body to to, to nothing. It, it It was a hideous disease. And Naaman had everything going for him but he was a leper. You see, the young lady would tell us, um, when I first came to the house of my master, I was very unhappy. She says, I'd grown up in Samaria, the capital of Israel. Then I was forced into slavery in a strange house in a strange land. I just had to learn to make the best of it. Fortunately, my mistress was very nice and took care of me. But my master was different, she continues. Not unkind, but not warm either. I think that disease affected everything. In my country, he would have been an outcast. In his country, he could rise in rank, but people still rejected him. Maybe that's why he seemed happiest when he went to war, where he excelled. When he was home, he mostly kept to himself. Often he was very sick. All the servants worried about his health and took care of him. The young girl says, I wanted to help him too, but I felt helpless. Then I got an idea. It didn't seem like much, and I wasn't sure if anyone would listen to me, but I decided to give it a try. I told them about the prophet Elisha. He was a true man of God, so I knew he had the power to heal my master. You see, guys, one small act. That's what this little girl was thinking. I don't have much going for me, but there's one thing I know. I know there's a prophet in Israel. I know Elisha can do this. If if anybody can do this, Elisha can do this. The servant girl speaking with complete confidence as though she, what she did was an everyday matter, but it wasn't. She could have remained silent and anonymous, but instead she spoke up. It was really a remarkable act, and here's the reasons why. Number one. She acted even though she was small. 
She acted even though she was small. Many times we discount what we can do because we think we're too small or powerless to make a difference. Consider this young girl's situation. She was a slave. That is the lowest level anybody could be in social standing. She was a slave. She was an outsider. Not only was she a slave, Jeremy, but she was an outsider. She was a Jew living in Syria. She was also young. Why would a powerful leader listen to her? And finally, she was a female in a male-dominated culture. By the standards of the day, she had nothing going for her. No power, no position, no possessions. The only thing she had was her faith. But how many know that's always enough? Amen? She might not have had anything going for her in the natural, but Sister Valley, she had some faith. And all it takes is a little bit of faith, Belinda. That's all it takes. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, all it takes, it's the key ingredient. How many folks in here know how to cook pretty good? we got some good cooks in here, right? Yeah, I've eaten some of y'all. Y'all know how to cook, okay? Man, what, that secret ingredient. It's, is it the Tony Sashries? Is it the Cayenne? Is it the, is it the holy trinity of onions, bell peppers, and celery? Okay, what is it? What is that secret ingredient that makes everything taste right? In the Christian world, it's faith. It's that one thing that without it, it just ain't going to be right. Okay, see, God told the apostle Paul centuries later, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, guys, it's not who you are that matters. It's whose you are. You see, this little girl wasn't much in the natural, Lindsay, but it wasn't who you are. It's whose you are. Let's never forget as Christians that we are children of the king. We have an inheritance. We have something going for us that nobody else does. We have God on our side. Amen? You know, I was talking to uh, Jeremy and Casey before church, and, and, and Jeremy works a job where he's, he's, he's coordinated with the U.S. Navy, and he's with a battle group, okay? And guys, I got to tell you, that's probably the safest place to be on the ocean, okay? I'm going to be on a cruise next week, but we're not going to have a carrier in our group, okay? If you got big brother looking over your shoulder, you feel pretty confident, don't you? Doesn't matter if we're over there by North Korea. We're better than they are. We're better than they are. We got one of these. You don't. Guys, that's what faith is. When God is for you, who can be against you? Amen? And we got to remember that. Sometimes we as Christians get in trouble when we forget what we should know. We forget that we're the head and not the tail. We forget that we're above and not below. We forget sometimes that if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? Guys, we need to learn that lesson from that little girl. No one is insignificant in God's kingdom. Let me say that again. No one is insignificant in God's kingdom. God is no respecter of persons. He can and he does use anybody. He can and he does use anybody. You know what the most important ability is? You've heard me say it before. Availability. The most important ability in the kingdom of God is not what you can do. It's not how well you speak. It's not how well you play. It's availability. God, I'm making myself available to you. Use me. That's why we need your help with VBS. Okay? Because we have jobs all over the place. We need you to make yourself available so that God can use you just like this little girl. 
This little girl didn't have much talent. She didn't have much going for her. She was so small, but she made herself available to be used by God. And boy, God did. So I'm going to ask you guys, will, will you let God use you? Will you let God use you in BBS? Will you let God use you in what he's trying to do in this church? Make yourself available and watch God do something special. Amen? By the way, those of you at VBS, meeting 530. Don't miss it. Okay? So, number one, she acted even though she was small. Number two, she acted even though what she could do was small. See, as a member of the king's court... Naaman had access to the best physicians in the country. Everyone in the household undoubtedly watched as he tried every available treatment for his leprosy. Nothing worked. In the midst of all this activity, what the servant girl could do must have seemed very, very small to her. After all, she couldn't heal Naaman, nor could she ease his pain. All she could do was make a suggestion. All she could do was the insignificant act of of just saying there's a prophet in Israel. Instead of being discouraged by what she couldn't do, she did what she could do. Let me say that again. Don't be discouraged by what you can't do. Do what you can do. Sometimes you're in a situation and you're like, all I can do is pray. Well, guess what? Pray. Maybe you're in a situation, uh, maybe last week we had missionaries come and they shared their story and and you're like, well, all I can do is give. Well, give. Thank you for giving. We gave them a $700 offering. Praise God for that. That is awesome. Give yourselves a hand. That's the kind of stuff strong and healthy churches do. Maybe you're in a situation, well, all, all I can do is this. Do what you can do. Amen? You know what, guys? I've learned this way. When we do what we can do, God does what he can do. And think about it. You can do only so much. Is there any limit to what God can do? Take that step of faith. Well, pastor, I just can't do much. That's all God's asking for you is your little. Because God specializes in turning little into much. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? How did he do that, Sister Valley? Did he, did he, did he cook every, did, did he get a big old black iron pot, Jeremy, and start putting, no, 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 no. He just said, what do we have here? He told the disciples, hey, we're going to feed these folks. They were like, wow, Jesus, I wish you'd given us a heads up on this one. How are we going to pull this one off? Well, what do we have? There was only one little boy who had a lunch. And guess what? That little boy just said, hey, Jesus, this is all I got. Is this enough? Well, in the natural, it wasn't. But God's not bound by the natural, huh? He took that little boy's lunch and he fed 5,000 people. Guys, if he can turn little into much with that, what can he do with your act? What will he do with what you offer him, okay? God specializes in turning little into much. God can turn our nothing into something and multiply our little into much. Amen? He's done it before, he did it in this little girl's life, and he's going to do it in this church's life. Let me prophesy for just a moment. God's going to do it at LCC Berwick. God is going to do some great and mighty things, and guess what? He's already started. He's already begun a good work, amen? And we serve a God who finishes what he starts. How many of you ladies in here, you get frustrated because your husband starts stuff and they don't finish it? Don't, don't hit Brother Bernie. He's, he's really doing good this one, okay? You ever got a husband? I know, Ricky, you never do this. De- Debbie, does he ever start a project and not finish it? He don't start it, okay. 
Well, that's, that's a different sermon for a different day, okay? But you know what? Ladies, we get, my wife gets on me all the time because I start stuff and I don't finish it. Well, guess what, guys? God always finish what he starts, amen? He who began a good work in you will what? See it to completion. He who began a good work in this church will see it to completion, amen? See, she acted even though what she could do was really very small. Do what you can do and watch God do what you can't do. Number three, she acted even though the stakes were not small. You see, this little girl took a huge risk when she expressed her faith that God could heal Naaman. If he had gone back to Israel to be healed and came back still sick and looking foolish, he would have no doubt punished her. In fact, when he received permission from the king to leave Syria for Samaria, the stakes went up, not only for the girl, but also for the entire nation of Israel. When Israel's king received Naaman and found out that he expected to be healed, the king lost hope and tore his clothes in grief. He believed the Syrian king was asking the impossible in order to start a war with his nation. But the prophet Elisha heard that Naaman had come. Elisha told the general what to do. And finally, Naaman obeyed. You know that story. He's like, he wants me to dip in this. But finally, Naaman got through his hard head and he did what Elisha told him to do. He obeyed Elisha's instructions to bathe in the Jordan seven times. The Syrian commander was healed. Amen? Scripture says that Naaman's skin was restored that day. It was like the skin of a child. More important, his faith was also changed. In that moment, he realized that God was God, and he sought to worship him the rest of his life. One small person doing one small act made a big difference in his life. Amen? You see, guys, you and, I fully don't, you and I don't fully realize the impact that one small act of kindness or one small act of service can have in the lives of others. A few weeks from now, when we do VBS and you volunteer and, and you're maybe behind the scenes doing snack or, or maybe you're cleaning up spills because there'll be a few of those, okay? Maybe, maybe you're doing games. Maybe you're, maybe you're chasing kickball. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're herding cats, which is kind of the, the job description of those that are in that are over a little group. I, I herded cats last, last year. Thank you, Miss Tammy. Okay, but, but, but whatever your job is, it's not insignificant. God is going to use you. God is going to use you to love on people. God's going to use you to make a difference in people's lives. He did it with this little girl. He's going to do it with you. Amen? The stakes were pretty high for this young lady, but her faith overrode her fear, and she did it nonetheless. Final words of encouragement from the servant girl. She would say, if you want to make a big difference, be confident. If you want to make a big difference, be confident. My master listened to me because I believed in what I told him. We have a great God and there is nothing he can't do. Live like you believe it. You see, guys, we as Christians need to be confident. Now, make sure your confidence is not in yourself and not in what you can do, but in what he can do. Amen? Because eternally, we can do nothing. But through God, there's nothing we can't do. Amen? So let's have our confidence in him. Secondly, if you want to make a big difference, be credible. 
You see, that little servant girl would have never had the courage to speak up if her service had not been pleasing to her master's wife. People always pay more attention to how you live than what you say. Let me say that one more time. People always pay more attention to how you live than what you say. Remember that when you desire to speak into the lives of others, you have to have credibility. Amen? You know, guys, it's a pet peeve of mine. When I read on Facebook, one, 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 one day they're posting about the goodness of God, and the next day they're dropping F-bombs. That ought not be so, okay? They don't know the same Jesus I know, okay? They're not led by the same Holy Spirit I know, okay? First of all, think before you press post, okay? Can we just do that? Can that just be a rule at LCC Berwick that we just think before we post, okay? Or we think before we speak, Okay, now I know I'm asking a lot of you Cajuns, okay? But I is one, okay? Remember, I can talk about Cajuns because I am one, okay? But let's think before we speak. You know what? Sometimes the best thing we can do, keep our mouth shut. You know, mama used to say, if you ain't got nothing good to say, Miss Belinda, what should we do? Don't say nothing at all, okay? You know, I told the fish story again this week to another kid. Y'all heard the fish story, right? You know, the fish never get caught if you just keep his mouth shut. I told a little kid that in school. He was in ISS for about the 10th time. I mean, this little kid's from the junior high, and we almost gave him an ID at Franklin High because he's there every week. I said, boy, what you doing back in here? I I just talk a lot. I said, you ever heard the story of the fish? Jared, I told him the story of the fish. He just smiled. I said, yeah, here, fishy. Okay, think about that all summer. Guys, sometimes we just need to watch what we say, okay? If you want to make a big difference, be credible. Don't allow the words you say to, to, to lose your credibility with others. Amen? Finally, if you want to make a big difference, speak to people's needs. Everybody needs hope. Everybody needs help. Even powerful people like Naaman. In, if, and if the individuals you desire to help are low in faith, lend them yours. Guys, we're going to come into contact with people that need us, that need Jesus, that need somebody to give them hope. You be that person. We are merchants of hope. It's what we carry with us. We carry hope. We carry faith. Lend it to others. It'll make a difference. It made a difference in Naaman. It'll make a difference in you. And then finally, if you want to make a big difference, don't be afraid to do something, even if it seems small. Only God knows how great an impact one small act of faith can make. You see, guys, really, your actions are always based on one or two things, fear or faith. Simple as that. Your actions, what you do, are based on one of two things, fear or faith. I've tried to make the decision long ago when I became a Christian. I wasn't going to make decisions based upon fear. Why? Because the Lord didn't give me the spirit of fear. Okay? Pastor, do you still deal with fear? Yes, I do. But here's how I deal with it. I realize that it's not coming from God. I realize that the enemy is trying to bring that up in me, Lindsay, to keep me from doing what God wants me to do. I realize that instead of fear, Casey, I want power, love, and a sound mind. So I try to make my decisions based upon faith, based upon what I know about the character of God, based upon what God can do through me and for me. Amen? You see, this little girl, if she had allowed fear to reign... She would have, we would never be talking about her this morning. She would have remained quiet, maybe thought to herself, well, maybe if he could get to Elisha, he might be healed. Naaman would have died a leper, and this little girl would have never made it to the roll call of faith.
But today we tell her story. Why? Because she didn't let fear reign. She let faith reign. What are you going through today? What situation are you dealing with today, Sister Josie? Let's make sure every decision we make is based upon faith and not fear. Because when we make decisions based upon faith, God moves on our behalf. Amen? Here's the servant girl's prayer for us. Lord, I ask that you give my friends understanding that no one is too small to make a big difference for you. Give us the courage to say and do the little things that can impact others' lives and favor with the big people whose lives can be changed by one small act of kindness. As the little girl says goodbye, she adds, I hope my time with you has made a difference. Then she bolts back to the stands. That's when it becomes clear that one need not be a giant in stature to be a giant of faith. We look in wonder at this little girl who so easily put herself on the line by doing one small act for someone her countrymen would have dismissed and ignored. And suddenly we realize that we never got the chance to ask her name. I guess we'll never know. But we do know this, one small act can really make a big difference. So it was then, so it still is today. One small act of obedience can make a big difference in people's lives. As I close this morning, we serve a God that keeps perfect records of every small act of obedience that you and I do. Every small thing we do. We see, it seems insignificant, but it's not insignificant to God. Guys, even if you've never get recognized here on earth for it, God will honor you in heaven for it. Today, a small girl reminded us that one small act can make a big difference. I believe that there are people here today that want to make a difference for God. I believe there are people here today that want to be used by God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, not only does one small act make a huge difference, but one small prayer can make a huge difference as well.